Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host. I'm a third down black belt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life magazine. For the 2018 and now for the 2019 seasons, Taekwondo Life magazine has been covering the Professional Fighters League, PFL, as it is known. This season, we were ringside for PFL 1 and PFL 3 to watch, among others, Taekwondo practitioner Alex Nicholson in his heavyweight bout in PFL3. Today we are joined by a martial artist, mixed martial artist, boxer, and the president of the PFL, the public face and spokesperson, Ray Sefo. Ray is a gentleman who has and is no stranger to combat sports. He has had close to 100 professional fights, he continues to train today. Uh, he is in the gym three to four days a week, honing his martial arts and mixed martial arts skills. Ray takes us on a little look at his background today, talks to us about what makes the PFL different and unique from other uh, combat arenas, and what we can expect for the remainder of this season for Professional Fighters League Season 2, 2019. I hope you enjoy. Please remember to like and subscribe. Okay, and welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. We are proud today to have Ray Sefo on the phone with us. Ray is a, he's currently the president of Professional Fighters League, PFL, which we've been covering in our uh, Taekwondo and MMA section. He is a seasoned and accomplished uh, fighter and martial artist, a kickboxer boxer, mixed martial artist, six-time Muay Thai world champion, eight-time K1 World Grand Prix uh, final tournament participant, and uh, his resume goes on and on. Ray, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So um, for those who, who are not that familiar with your um, your background, you were, you were born in uh, Auckland, New Zealand, I, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. How'd you get involved in uh, martial arts? And I, I think uh, some Kung Fu and some uh, Muay Thai were your early roots, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Um, I, my dad, you know, I have, uh, my family comes from a boxing background. And so my dad was a boxer and my cousins, uncles, everybody boxed. And at the age of five, my, my dad had given me my first boxing gloves. And so at that young age, I was already sparring and, I think by the time, yeah, at when I was seven, I remember my dad uh, renting a Bruce Lee movie and a Jackie Chan movie. Uh, I think one was uh, The Way of the Dragon, the other one was, um, uh, and the Jackie Chan one was Drunken Master, I think it was. Oh, sure. And Classic. Yeah, and 
Right, right. And that was the first time I had ever seen anything like that. And right away, I was hooked. I, and I said to my dad, I said, why am I just learning how to box when I could use my whole body? Because I want to do what those guys are doing on, on TV. <clears throat> and so um, years go by, and by the time I was 12, uh, um, I, um, I, you know, I, I would go to school, and then I would do, I was a um, milk boy. So, you know, after school, I would deliver milk to the truck would just go down the street and I would just run, drop milk, you know, milk bottles off in front of someone's house and, and pick the empty bottles back and then the next house and, and so on. And that's how I ended up uh, paying for my Kung Fu lessons. And wow. I did that for, yeah, so I did Kung Fu for six years and then I switched to Muay Thai. And when I, well, it was, um, and I'm not saying that everybody should go out and do street fight, but what was happening was that when I would uh, defend myself out on the streets, um, I felt I felt like I was kickboxing more than I was doing kung fu, if you will. And so, um, so I ended up uh, taking up Muay Thai and uh, just continued to do that um, until you know uh, I was started competing and, and uh, got to K1 and, and fought some of the best from around the world. Yes, you've had a, uh, a really uh, significant career. Uh, I mean, you, 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 you're a true... Uh, it's, it's interesting, and, and one of the things I look at uh, today as I observe uh, what we call mixed martial arts um, is that many of the people who train today in mixed martial arts train in mixed martial arts facilities, which are right. combination facilities. But for you and for some of the folks that I've spoken to, you're, you're actually a pure mixed martial artist in that you've trained at different times in different styles and right. sort of put those together as mixed martial arts. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. And, you know, when I met Randy uh, 12 years ago um, here in Vegas, uh, I went to his gym, you know, uh, this is Randy Couture, who's, sure. a, a who's a good friend of mine and also... Uh, it's one of our color commentators. And Randy, uh, so, you know, we, we started, uh, one of the pro classes we were sparring. And I had a little guy that, because, uh, you know, in, in training, you're sparring all the different guys uh, from heavyweight to, you know, down to a uh, woman fighter, a female fighter. And, um, but the guy that I went with, I think he must have been about a 70 pounder, and he took me down. And I wow. was like, that's crazy. I, I, this guy was able to take me down so easy. So what I did is um, I realized real quick that in MMA, um, this is what's going to happen. So I, I dedicated myself to uh, wrestling for a year. I wrestled um, uh, one year, three days a week, um, and, you know, and then slowly got, uh, you know, got good at it. Um, and now, you know, it's hard uh, to get taken down by, by some of the big guys because I, I, and the thing is, you know, and that's me. I always challenge myself to certain things. And so um, right now I'm doing gi jiu-jitsu. I never thought I would do gi jiu-jitsu. Um, I like the grappling. I, I like, um, you know, just the no gi. But um, I wanted to challenge myself even more so. So I started doing gi jiu-jitsu, I want to say, what, five months now? So wow. it's, it's good. I love it. Oh, that's great. 
That's that's great. Let me ask you a question just in terms of um, I'm always curious when I speak to people that, that train and people that fight, particularly as they um, transition into fighting um, professionally. And a lot of the people that we cover are people that have made the transition from Taekwondo into uh, MMA, whether it be Valerie Lareda or we spoke to uh, Alex Nicholson. Is, do you consider yourself traditionally as more um, a fighter or a martial artist, or you consider yourself both in terms of the way you view um, yourself? I, yeah, I think um, I think of, I would have to say both because when I got into martial arts, uh, it was fighting. And the funny thing is I never wanted to fight. Um, I, the only reason why I got into fighting was because a, a, uh, a fighter challenged me to a fight. And the only reason why that happened was because, uh, well, actually, I didn't know why the main reasons, but I was already, <clears throat> I was already on national television doing, uh, modeling and TV commercials and whatnot at the age of, uh, 16. So at the age of 18, I got challenged with this fight. And that was the, the beginning of what, um, that, that's what kicked off my martial arts fighting career. Wow. Who, who, who knew a hundred fights later that, uh, that would be your, uh, your foray <laughs> in, right? If you had known then, uh, it would, it would be, uh, uh, it would right. pave the way for a, uh, a really complete career. Yeah. You, you know, um, I had, yeah, it was, um, but I've, I've, I've enjoyed every, every second of the journey. Um, sure. You know, as you know, you know, the fight game is very unforgiving <laughs> and yeah, sure. it's the best. You know what I mean? It's the greatest high sure. and sometimes it's the greatest it's the greatest low. Um and so um as as a as a fighter martial artist you you through your experience you learn how to deal with and cope with um the the, the highs and the lows. absolutely. And I think it's a that that is probably to some degree where the martial arts portion of it is, is most helpful, right? The, 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 the right. training and, and the resilience and, and un, understanding um, those factors. Now it's interesting because as I look at, and I, as I've spoken to some of your fighters for PFL, um, which we'll get into um, you you've made a transition and, and I know you still, obviously you said you started uh, BJJ five months ago and you're training and, and you're, you're certainly in fighting form. Uh, but but to, to to a degree, you've made the transition. You're the president of PFL. Right. Um, right. Is it? I certainly know that there's benefits to it. But is it is it difficult for you to be in the administrative position at times without being uh, engaged in in the combat portion of it? Is it does, <laughs> is does that take you know some sort of a, a mental leap for you at times? Um, to be honest, not at all. Um, I've been very fortunate, you know, and I've said this, you know, uh, throughout my career, I see, and funny enough, it happens to my brother as well, uh, where I see a lot of people, they retire, and then two years later, they're back fighting again, and then they retire, and again, and then like a year later, they're back fighting again. So, I never, I didn't want to be one of those guys, you know what I mean? Um, sure. I, I've always said that the day I, you know, walk away from the game, uh, it's a day that that would be it. The fortunate thing about me is that, or about my situation and my journey is that from, you know, transitioning from, from fighter to coach to, um, the prison of PFL, uh, has been an amazing transition. It's been an amazing, amazing journey. Uh, but, um, I don't feel those itches to, you know, to try to, to want to compete again because 
I'm in, I'm in martial arts. I'm in the game the whole time. You know, sure. even, I mean, even now I still train six days a week and I still spar three days a week. You know, Tuesday for us at stream tour, we do uh, small gloves, uh, full sparring and grappling and uh, submissions and whatnot. Uh, then on Thursday is big gloves, the same thing. And then on Saturday, we just do boxing. So I'm still in, you know, I, I'm still active and I'm still in the gym sparring everybody. I mean, last week, um, Francis Nagano and I moved around and we're talking about like one of the best fighters heavyweight in the world. You know what sure. I mean? And so um, it's fun and I love it. I love doing it. And um, we have all, you know, different fighters that come uh, from all over the world that comes to our camp. Um, we had a couple of heavyweights from, you know, PFL that trained to add extreme to tour. Uh, some of the light heavyweights, Ronnie Marks, uh, Vinny Magalhães, uh, sure. So, you know, so it's, um, those guys keep me in the game, if you will. And because I'm in the gym six days a week, I, I don't miss it at all. I I just love it. I'm still in that journey, if you will. That's great. Well, that that leads me to my next uh, point in terms of uh, one of the things that's been very distinct when I've spoken to PFL fighters. Uh, is that they they are very strong on the uh, the line that uh, PFL is a fighter friendly, uh, much more fighter friendly uh, organization to be involved in than some of the others professionals, um, both you know high visibility and low visibility platforms that they fought for. Um, I, I know you, I've heard you talk about this as well as being part of the articulated mission. Is that part of the reason that you're there or is that because you're there or is it a combination of things? I think it's a, it's a combination of things. Um, I'm very fortunate that I, you know, that has an amazing team at PFL um, from, you know, from all, from the whole, uh, what do you call it? From all the different aspects of the, of the game, if you will. Um, and everybody, um, when it comes to, you know, fighting, um, uh, everybody in the team understands that there's a lot of, um, things that we can do to make the, to make that journey for, for all these fighters easier. And of course, you know, my thing is being a former fighter, um, I know what these guys need. I know what they, they would want. And listen, we, we, for me, it's, Looking after the fighters is, uh, is number one, but at the same time, just like anything else, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta work out that it's fair for the fighters and the company. You know what I mean? So, sure. Yeah. You know, listen, every now and then you get some crazy requests. And so, and we just put it, you know, we put it in place and say, listen, this is what we can do to help, but this is what we can do. You know what I mean? So it's, um, it's a two-way street, if you will, but no, it's, uh, what PFL, uh, fighter first is what we, you know, we push and that's what we, uh, how we like to run business, but at the same time, how to treat our fighters. That's great. Now, for those who, who aren't familiar, um, the last season was essentially the, the inaugural season under the, the banner of PFL. Well, now we're, we're, we're approaching the second half of the regular season of um the second season but can you explain um to the folks w w what is pfl what makes pfl distinct from 
other fighting, uh, you know, any of the other fighting organizations that people may, may be familiar with because they have a little bit more, uh, you know, history that, that people may be right. familiar with. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, uh, for those who don't know, uh, so we have a, a, a first season, which starts off with a regular season. And from people around, from around the world, uh, everybody understands how the World Cup rugby is, um, you know, is form- formatted. Everybody understands the World Cup soccer is formatted. And that's probably kind of like probably the best way to put it is that in the U.S., whether it's NBA, NFL, baseball, whatever, hockey, there's a regular season. Um, that you gotta, you know, go through to qualify for the playoffs, to qualify for the championships, and so that's exactly the format here at Professional Fighters League is that um, two uh, our fighters have to fight uh, two regular season fights. That we've done the first one already, and in those regular season fights, uh, they have to they will earn points uh, by winning, by uh, an extra points by knockout or submission. First, third, first, second, or third round. Uh, the first, uh, if you if you win and you stop the, the your opponent in the third round, uh, you will get one point. If you win and you stop the person in the second round, you will get uh, oh, sorry, you get yeah, yeah, one point. You will get two points. And then if you win in the first round uh, and stop your opponent whether it's knockout or by submission, you get three extra points. So you can earn the, the, the maximum amount of points you could earn is six. The minimum amount of points you could earn is three. Um, and so in, after the regular season is done, so you got to fight two of those fights. And let's say you win one and you win one by first round knockout, so you, you, uh, you got six points. And if you lose one, uh, so you go through, you get to the playoffs by six points. I know six points will sit you in the playoffs because there's only eight people that will qualify for the playoffs. And so wherever your points are, uh, the amount of points that you've earned, you, that's where you sit in the playoffs and, and in the seedings. And so the way that works is that number one will fight number eight, number two will fight number seven, number three will fight number six, and so on. And uh, so then, you know, when once that's done, now with PFL, you can, for the playoffs, you got to fight twice in one night. Um, you fight a quarterfinal and then you fight a semifinal. And the two people from third weight division, and we have six weight division, weight classes. So the two uh, finalists uh, will then go on to uh, the championship round, which um, it happens eight, nine weeks later. Um, and last year we did New Year's Eve. That's what we're looking to do this year as well. And moving forward, that's, you know, that's the plan. And so once that happens, those two final semi-finalists will fight for the title and the million dollars. And uh, whoever walks away, uh, whoever wins that fight, then will walk away as champion and uh, a million dollar uh, check. It's phenomenal. It's it, it's a it's a unique structure as it relates to um, the mixed martial arts fighting game. But I agree with you. I think it's a very um, uh, digestible format for sports fans. Which is one of the reasons why I think it uh, it resonates because I think people can understand right. the way that it uh, people that are uh, that that as you as you highlighted that, that watch other uh, other types of sports and uh, entering into a greater degree of 
of complexity, including the single eliminations, two fights in, in one night for the quarter and semifinals leading up to right. the finals. Yeah. And, you know, um, one of the reasons why, you know, uh, I, you know, I like this for men come up with it is that, um, but after the two regular season fights, basically the fighters in charge of their destiny. You know, it's in their hands. You win, you, you win, you move forward. And, um, the more points you get, the higher you sit in, in those seedings. Um, and so, um, and the, the best, the, the last final guy, uh, the best guy wins. And, um, I don't get to choose who fights for the title. They get to choose who fights for the title. The fighters get to choose who fights for the title. Because, like I said, you win, you move forward. And, um, and it's exciting, not only for the fighters, but for the fans. No, absolutely. And I think that, that I think you've hit on something there as well, which is that, you know, um, there is a notion when people watch fights, whether it be boxing or whether it be mixed martial arts, that at times the matchups, uh, perhaps are not a product of the worthiness of a contender, but because of the perhaps marketability, so on and so forth. But in this right. situation, as you said, it's completely based on a point structure, which now puts right. it completely in the hands of the fighters as they, as they proceed and anything can happen. And I think as we've seen Correct. in some of the, um, certainly in some of the matches in, in, in the, the first round, anything can right. happen and, and, and some and surprises will happen. Um, oh yeah, absolutely, and that's what makes it exciting. Is um, you know, uh, so far, I mean, the first show we had six finishes, second show we had five, I think it was, and uh, also five in the in the heavyweights and light heavies. Um, and, and it's and and now you know the the, the first lot is done, and people know who's got points and who doesn't. And when you know you don't have points. You know that the second the regular second regular season fight, you gotta come out and just gun hold the whole time because otherwise you're going home kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It it, it gives yeah. a greater level of incentive and a greater motivation right. to to and again, as you said, because there's there's a greater point associated with early finishes, uh, it changes yeah. perhaps the structure of the uh the strategy for coming into the to those fights. It's not enough necessarily. Yeah. I might not have enough points. If I simply do yeah. a, 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 a decision, a three-round decision, I might need to, to finish somebody in the first round and really focus on that. So uh, it changes yeah. the strategy. Now, what do you guys look for in terms of, I don't know how, how specifically involved you are in this portion, but what do you look for in terms of fighters, in terms of when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're scouting out um, fighters and how is it normally done? Is it done at the league invites or is there, are there tryouts or is it uh an invitation only. How how does that generally work as you as you lead into a season for for PFL? So you know, Jason Haddon is, um, is uh, my assistant, and and uh, he, you know, he has this. I mean, he he loves the game. He's super smart, and he has this whole global uh, globe where he's got fighters from all over the world. And so him and I will sit down and look who's available, who's out there, and you know, and then we we see, we see, clearly see. Certain people have padded records, or, or, and then we look at, uh, you know, it's a whole process where um, we look at the fighters, we're going to look at their opponents, then we look at videos and, and so on. Then we reach out and, you know, um, and who's available, and if they are, uh, we'll, if they're interested, then we'll make it work. And 
And so that's kind of like the process. Um, and, you know, Jason has been in the game for a long time. He used to work at the UFC for, for, for many years. Um, and so, you know, obviously he's been with us for the last, I think, three years now. Um, but um, both he, both Jason and I um, will look at fighters. And then some, some you know, uh, well, actually, a lot of times uh, I would get sent emails as well as Jason from managers, from fighters that wanted to get in. Um, and a lot of times it's, uh, young guys, um, where, um, you know, if you're five and old, you can't really get into GFL because everybody is, it's, uh, 10 plus fights or 15 sure. plus fights. And so, you know, uh, that's the kind of experience level that we look at signing fighters, uh, not necessarily a guide. Now we have signed, uh, certain guys. Um, that come from a, a kickboxing background and have maybe 10, 15 kickboxing fights and four MMA fights. So then the commission looks at it and goes, oh, you know what? He said the experience of boxing or kickboxing. Um, no, we're, we're good with that. You know what I mean? So sure, sure. A, um, obviously, anything that Kate and I do in terms of looking at matchups and matching fighters and looking at fighters, it all has to be approved through the commission. We look at it and we could put it all together, but at the, sure. you know, at the end, the commission's got to approve that, and that's the part, kind of like the process to put putting fighters together and signing fighters. Great. What can we? What can the? Um, what can we expect? Uh, this will air closer to probably uh, certainly once the um, the second half of the season is under underway. But what can the um, the fans and the spectators expect for um, the second half of the regular season for? Um, PFL 2019. They can expect everything that I expect as uh, fireworks because, again, like I said, you know, earlier that um, a lot of these guys didn't earn points. And so uh, the guys that didn't earn points in the first regular season match matchups, they're going to come out gunning to try and get into the playoffs. And, uh, and not only just to win, but to actually finish the fight because there is a few guys that's had uh, that win the decision and has three points. So if you got then you finish the guy in the third round or the second round, um, you're already a point or two points ahead of that person. Um, and so, you know, it just, it, uh, it's one of these things where it's a do or die kind of scenario to get into the playoffs. It's great. It's a, it, it's a terrific uh, forum and every fight is, uh, has got something going on. In the interest of time, right. I wanted to ask you a couple of other questions as we wind out. Number one, again, for folks, uh, we're hoping to familiarize more folks with, with PFL. If they're not familiar with other than at the live venues, um, if, they, if they're not familiar with how they can view PFL um, in the upcoming uh, uh, second half and as they go into the playoffs, can you tell us uh, the, uh, the places that they're, they're able to watch the fight? Yeah, I believe right now, I think we're in about 140 countries around the world. And, you know, uh, some of that, kind of, some of that you're going to have it on your networks from around the world, depending whether it's, uh, Sky or whatever network that covers it and, and whatever, you know, in your country. Sure. And then you can also watch it on, uh, TFL Live. I believe in the U.S., uh, you can't watch live in the U.S., but you can watch it, which is geoblocked in the U.S., but you can watch it worldwide. Um, and uh, 
PSR Live is, a, is an app that you can download, you know, and watch it on your phone or on your sure. smart TV and whatnot. Um, that's another way. And also, uh, we also have, uh, you can also watch it on Facebook uh, through the, the, the Professional Fighters League um, Facebook page and, and whatnot. And uh, so there's, you know, different different ways of, of uh, getting a hold of the, uh, of the fights and, and be able to watch it. Great. So in their area, if the, the best thing probably would be is to go to the, to the, to the website in their area, which would be PFLMMA.com, right? Is that the? Correct. Yes. Yes. Great. To, to find out more. So tell me, are there, if you're at liberty to say for the, uh, I know that the second half of the regular season is going to be in Atlantic city. Um, uh, it's likely that the finals will be in Madison Square Garden on New Year's Eve. Uh, but what about the remainder of the playoffs? Have those venues been determined um, uh, and announced? And are you at liberty to say or not yet? Um, it's, the, the venue hasn't been announced yet, but I can tell you that the playoffs will be in Vegas 100%. Oh, wow, that's great. Yes. That's great. That's a, it's an exciting uh, opportunity to move around regionally and give people opp- different opportunities to, to see it live and uh, to be able to, to, to travel, to be able to, uh, right. To well, yeah, that's, you know, it's funny because half an hour ago, Melissa uh, and Jason and I were, we were just talking about how next year we're going to be able to travel a little bit more so that people can get familiarized with what PFL does and what PFL is and watch the format. And, you know, it's exciting and and be part of this whole show. Well, that, that is, that's, that is great. So, um, Ray, Sefo, uh, I wanted to thank you for t- talking to us today. Um, you are a, uh, certainly a respected, um, fighter and, and martial artist, a mixed martial artist, as well as a, uh, a, um, uh, a distinguished spokesperson for, uh, the PFL. I think that, uh, I certainly, uh, think that you have, have done a great job, um, being the face of the of the organization um in in establishing its pl- its its place in the sports world so um i wanted to thank you for talking to us um and we look forward to catching up with you um again in the remainder of the season hopefully i will uh, i was just at the the, the the first half of the season and because of geographically i'm closer to the um the long island venues um right. hopefully i'll be uh, i'll be with you on uh, new year's eve for the for the finals but I wanted to thank you. And what we'll do is when we, we post this, we'll, we'll post, uh, links to, um, your social media and the social media for, for PFL. Um, and, uh, w- you know, we wish you much success as you, uh, go into the remainder of the season. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you so much. Um, you know, again, you guys do a great job in promoting the, the sport. And, and so we appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for the time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.